Hello and welcome to this week's episode of BWB Extra, where we get to know this week's guest, Alan Simpson, a little better. Alan is the Chief Operating Officer at London & Partners, a business growth and destination agency for London, where Alan leads on global strategy, operational capacity and corporate reputation. We hear all about how Alan went from flipping burgers in McDonald's to working for the UK government, his thoughts on the transformation of leadership and culture in the workplace, and that time he ended up on the front page of the Evening Standard for all the wrong reasons. So let's wind the clock back to that 16-year-old dropping tomato sauce all over McDonald's. How did you get from there to what you're doing now? Yeah, so I I went to university late because, you know... How late is late? Twenty, yeah. I took. A couple, I, I was. I went and got a job selling mobile phones, and I managed. You know, system manager for mobile phone shop. I thought this is rubbish. Went to university. After university, I got a job as a PA. What did you do at university? Politics. Um, got a job as a PA, and somehow got a job as a PA in the Foreign Office. And I ended up writing speeches on occasion. Turned out wow. to be quite good at that, and did a bimbled around Westminster doing that, and then got a job actually in in financial services as a speechwriter at the stock exchange and then in, ended up just doing general strategy stuff and by mistake found myself a strategy person in the city. That and sounds I was, so much fun. Yeah, I was, want that career. I was there during the financial crisis. It was fascinating. Oh, it's you like know. a lesson in go to university. You go to university, mean? honestly. Go to university. And then, yeah, my, my career was my career was away and there was a uh, Barclays during the LIBOR scandal. and You were dealing with the strategy of Barclays at the LIBOR scandal in terms of... Yeah, so I, I have this incredibly strong memory of being was sad. It, did you just write whoops, soz? Well, you had a strategy paper? at that point. Head no, of I, PR, I, I was doing speeches. I was doing political uh, risk stuff. So I got this phone call. I was sat playing... Call of Duty in my pants on a Saturday as a like late 20s guy. And um, I got a phone call saying, uh, there's a car coming, Mr. Simpson, please get in it. Cursory shower, pop on some clothes, get in the car. Driven, sat down by the lawyers and told on Monday, we are announcing this thing, what's going to happen? And libel had none of the characteristics of a scandal. It was boring. It was incredibly technical. It was quite hard to see how it screwed over the little guy. And yet it took down the leadership of Barclays and banks across the world. What was it? They were fudging it or something. Yeah, so, so I mean, you, you can have an argument about this and the bank's version of this is different to the lawyer's version of this. But basically, yeah, they were, um, banks were misreporting their libel was, is the rate at which you, ra- you would raise money at 11 o'clock every day were you to raise money. So it's like a measure of your financial health and banks were allegedly fixing it. Um, there's an argument as to whether or not the Bank of England told between them to. Between each other, basically, because they can borrow between each other. They could fix it between each other. Yeah, but there's all sorts of things key to it. So, like, some there's some borrowing rates key to it, that if LIBOR goes goes above or below its collar and cuff, it affects people's borrowing. But, it, you know. but yeah, I, I mean, absolutely fascinating. And sort of taking the leadership of the bank to parliamentary select committees to be thrown out of a window, you know, walking out of parliament into throngs of press. And learning so much about the way that institutions respond when under that sort of pressure. And the realisation that the people who know what happened are the people with least incentive to tell you what happened. So if you ask, what what happened here? What was the truth of this? The people who can give you that answer... Need to not. They need to not. You're in the perfect position in a way in that you're kind of in the middle of it, experiencing the whole thing, but actually you're 
kind of skin isn't really in the game. Yeah, I mean, you, you, to a degree. But, you, you know, you take you know, prepping people to get through parliamentary select committees, all of that stuff. Absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. What's your long-term goal? I, well, if I, if I could pick a job, I'd like to run the National Trust. Big believer in the National Trust. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. See, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. National Trust, you've heard it here first. Paid in scones. There's a great uh, <laughs> song by a band called Fat and Frantic called I Want to Be the Chairman of the National Trust. Is there? I'll have to listen to that. You might want to get hold of that. It's, ni- it's niche content. Yeah. And I'm in favour of it. What's most misun- the most misunderstood thing about your job? Uh, I'll say the same thing every strategy person says. Strategy is not about being clever. It's about simplifying things down. The world is incredibly complicated. There's lots of much cleverer people who understand the nuances of each individual bit. Your job as a strategy person is to boil complexity down into something that everyone can articulate. Well, it's an intelligence skill. It's just intelligence is a a very broad word, isn't it? And those people who can hold a tremendous amount in their memory and think they're wood for trees, they can't see what it is. So someone's got to come in and communicate and and read it. Yeah, and I have the advantage that I understand about 30% of what's said to me and that makes it easy to turn into something communicable. Uh, What's the uh, biggest problem facing London and Partners? It's probably the joint aftermath of the pandemic and Brexit. We'll very quickly explain what London and Partners is. So London Partners, we're the business growth and destination agency for London. Think of us as being like the Department for Trade for London plus the tourism agency. So we have offices in China, India, across America, Canada, France, Germany, and we find high potential companies and we bring them to London to set up here and employ people. We also help people to trade internationally and we promote the city as a place to visit. Very amongst good. Amongst other things. And, but, and so what's it? What's its biggest obstacle? I mean, London's obviously taken a real punch in the gut. Cities have taken a punch in the gut. That's yeah. the key thing cities have. So the, so the value and the logic of moving to a place has taken a punch in the gut. So trade and investment is down across the world. Actually, London is doing very well within that. So people who are still saying, do you know what, it, I do want to trade, I do want to be global, I do want to expand, they are choosing London. In 2022, middle of the pandemic, we had more international investments into our city than anywhere in the world. More than New York, more than Shenzhen, more than Singapore. Because people who are expanding are choosing London. And um, what is London and partners doing about climate change, you know? Yeah, I mean, on some levels, not enough, because in, inherently what we do is carbon generative. Like, if your job is to convince people to come and visit cities to visit them, well, that's, you know, but we do what we can, you know, I mean, silly thing, but we, we do vegetarian-only events now, and actually you'd be surprised how much of our carbon that strips out. Do you only invite vegetarians? Is that how it works? Well, they, everyone else self-selects out. So the, uh, no, but actually the bigger thing is we help green tech companies to expand and they're the ones yeah, okay. who are creating the solutions. So, you know, we're trying our best, but um, there's a gap between now and when Jet Zero comes online and that's a reality. What are you most excited for about your business? Yeah, so global trade is fundamental in creating wealth in developing economies. So I talked about the elephant graph, the idea that the places who saw their income expand most in the world are the people who managed to connect to the global economy. It's amazing how much trade and investment drives the creation of a middle class in the developing world. Middle classes mean girls get to go to school. 
girls get to go to school, birth rate drops. Trade and investment transforms lives. And that, for me, is incredibly powerful. There is a moral case for what we do that really, really matters. If you want carbon output to go down, if you want the growth of the population in the world to slow, if you want women's rights, the key to all of that is trade. That's what matters. Yeah, good one. I can't. Have you can't never thought that. about going into politics? You were in politics. Well, I, I tried. You dabbled. I tried twice. Did you? With not much success. Well, it's a la- Labour some, candidate. Or... In, yeah, Maidstone. And there is something about being <laughs> Maidstone. stood. Maidstone. Yeah, yeah. That's like... There's a thing about being stood at four in the morning in a village hall on a stage while somebody reads out precisely the number of people in your town who are <laughs> <felt laughs> a prick to really put you off the car. After you've knocked on all of their doors. Yeah. But don't they make you stand in a couple of those places before you get the cushy number? No, look, it's my hometown. I wanted to do it. It was great fun. Um, and we did double the vote. We went from fifth to second. It's not bad. That's good. But Maidstone, the fundamentals of Maidstone. It's not first, is it? Is it? It's not first. Not the night. It's, it's no, fuck, oh, you came second. Second, it's the first off. loser. I know. It's the first loser. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. got its start back in 1935 and while the world has changed a bit it's more than just survived from complying with the fca and all things financy they can also speak fluently in the language of legalese Ori Clark was born and raised right here in the uk and now for 20 years they've been helping others get set up and on their way Clark's doors always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. What's your biggest fuck up, do you think, in this uh, journey of yours? Uh, so there was a moment in uh, a few years ago where I was doing something political which went a bit wrong and I ended up on the front page of the Evening Standard being alleged by the Evening Standard to be a senior Barclays executive. And the vice chairman of Barclays took some offence to that. And there was a weekend where I was sort of sent home at about three on the Friday when the Evening Standard landed. My my Taking one for the team. Sort of sent me home saying... You might be back on Monday. I wouldn't bet on it. And then oh on, apparently there was a discussion where it's pointed out to the deputy chairman that I really didn't matter. And there's something <laughs> about having your career saved by how irrelevant you are to really... Was that a really miserable weekend? It wasn't great. It wasn't great. I was more trying to work out whether or not it was going to be a negotiated exit or gross misconduct? That was my question on, on Saturday and Sunday, but I got away with it just. What's your passion outside of business, apart from politics? I am renovating my house uh, from the ground up. You know, Where you live? Uh, Yourself. In, yeah, 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 yeah. So in, in Dulwich, we you know, pour a new concrete floor, new flooring, installing the kitchen, moving the plumbing, the whole thing. Love it. 
Wow. Love it. Wow. How do you find time to do that? Uh, you do it in the evenings. I mean, during the pandemic, it was amazing because it stopped me just going mad. Sort of, you know. It set your wife get, slightly mad though, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a kitchen. There, there, was a, there was a Christmas where uh, I'd taken out the old oven but not installed the new yeah. one. So I just had the carcass of the old oven on the floor on some bricks and I sort of sat cooking turkey cross-legged on the you floor. You sound remarkably a, like my brother-in-law. My sister's, my sister's sitting room still only has half a ceiling and they've lived there for 15 it's years. It's much easier to take the bathroom apart than it is to put it back together. And what's the worst advice you've ever been given? Wait to get promoted. This is a thing that people, if, if your career is in a big organisation, people sort of say to you, you know, get ready, you know, wait to be promoted, get, you know, you, you do your job for two years at the same level. Bullshit. If you think you're ready and your boss doesn't leave, because if you wait, if you join a grad scheme and you want to be the CEO, that is not happening by waiting to get promoted. You have to back yourself. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? If you think you're good enough, back yourself. That is it. If you think you can do the job, confidence, effectively, not arrogance. Yeah. Bring your A game. Yeah, but you know, but it's on your shoulders, right? If you if you think you're good enough and you're not, well, bad luck. But if you think you're good enough and you are... The problem is imposter syndrome is like a horrible thing and it's very real. Having a bad day always. Uh, I was still talking about imposter syndrome fuck. at lunch with someone saying, fucking imposter syndrome. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm out there in the dark fumbling around for a feel. But we're all... <laughs> we're all... What advice would you give to your younger self? God... No, don't, don't, say, don't, say, don't say God. Don't God, say, God. I, follow God. Follow God. I, I don't know. I mean... You know, I mean, it's gone quite back well. Yourself. It's, yeah, back yourself. It's yeah, gone you've quite gone, well. What do you mean it's me. gone quite well? It's gone unbelievably well. You went from absolute shit to working in the foreign offices writing speeches. You know, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah, I mean, look, if you... When I was, you know, on my... Playing football on my council estate after school in the evening, if I'd have thought I'd have been here, that would have been quite good. So it's gone quite well. And uh, recommendations on what to read, watch and listen to. We've done Hilary Mantel. But... We've done Hilary Mantel. So um, the big thing which uh, has transformed the way I've thought about culture in the last few years, like organisational culture, Ed Shine, his book on leadership is unbelievable. Why do I know that name? Who's Ed Shine? He's a, he's a, he, actually he died a month ago. But he's a, um, they're all he, dead. They're all dead. He's a, he's an organizational psychologist and he's written a book about how you, how to think about culture in organizations and it transformed the way I thought about it. And I totally recommend it. Is there something specific in there? Yeah. That... So what, what he says is, um, culture exists at three levels. There's artifacts. That's stuff you can see. That's your logo. That's the, the decoration oh, on lovely. the wall. There's, there's espoused value. So that's when you stop somebody and ask them to articulate the culture, what they say. Then there's the underlying stuff, which is, we talked about the kind of the idea of the water cooler moment, right? It's when you keep, when you keep saying why to somebody, the point at which they can't articulate it, that's the, under, that's, that's, that's the underlying stuff. So for instance, when I was in Barclays, when I was in banking, if you're gossiping in the kitchen, you're being lazy, you should go and do some work. Uh, London and Partners, if you're gossiping in the kitchen, you're building culture, you're building relationships, it's all part of the thing, right? So, Though that's culture exists at those three levels, and if you want to um, build culture, it's not good enough to have logos and kit and all of that. Isn't it depend on the business? London and Parnas, it would be building culture, but if we're a shoe factory, do you know what I mean? Well, or- the, so he, so he makes the point that culture is different for different people. So so the right culture is not about good culture. The right culture for 
Navy SEALs and a nursery are presumably different. You'd be surprised. But you need the right culture. <laughs> yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> right, spot on. You need the culture that drives the performance. And it's no good just having... I mean, I could still tell you now that at my last firm, the five principles by which we worked. A moa mass Service, trust, enthusiasm, expertise and drive. But it's no good just saying it. Like, no. I can repeat it ad nauseum. But yeah, if, if it's not actually the way people behave, it's not your culture. This is our favourite part of the show. This is the business versus bullshit quickfire round. The music piece. This is where we're going to reel off these terms one at a time and you need to say whether it's business or bullshit and we've banned the... Uh, Why the... have we banned bullshit? Oh, well, you, you missed the meeting. Okay, if you absolutely must, you can say bullshit. Just because you didn't invite me to the meeting, it's not my fault. Yeah. Okay, are you ready, Alan? I don't know what's happening, but yes. You need to... We'll I'm... tell you concepts yeah. and you need to tell us whether it's business or bullshit. Yeah, you're, right. you're working out. It's not Feel free to hold up Via a card. Via these two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hold them up and say the name. You're going to need to say because it. Because it's a podcast and showing us won't help. Yeah, I do see that. Yeah. Uh, universal income. Uh, business. Mm. Good economics on that one. You, th- you think it's going to work, that one? It does. It does work. It for. Does. I read all those uh, studies and stuff, and it's basically all about what level you set it. Yeah, because we do have a universal basic income in different ways. It's just not... Anyway, but yes. Yeah. yeah. You like it. Fan Bus- of that. Business plans. Uh, business, that's my job. If that if that's bullshit, I am in trouble. Yeah. Oh, really? Let's you not... literally write a business plan all the time for London? Let... That's basically I, I, what you I've do, the three-year plan. Si- yeah, I'm just signed off... In the event that that's bullshit, my entire life requires unpicking, okay. so I'm not going to... So, you, would you... Oh, I've just opened you up to review but other business plans. lots of business plans are a little bit bullshit, aren't they? They're all oh, made yeah. up. Just a teeny tiny I mean, they're bit. all made up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to have one. <laughs> Still bullshit. You'll go. Uh, non-fungible tokens. Bullshit. Yeah, sure. Bullshit. It is hilarious how much money is going to be lost. I'm just fascinated. Even when they represent uh, the first copy of an album of a great artist, isn't that like a cool thing to have in the digital universe? No. No? Uh, Bitcoin. Uh, uh, Bullshit. Do you think it's bullshit? Bullshit. It's a Ponzi scheme and people lose their money. Damn straight. MBAs. I'd quite like one, but I haven't got one. Can I have biz shit back? No, you don't want an uh, MBA. Business. Yeah, you, like the one. reason you've been so successful is you don't have an MBA. You yeah, know? Wouldn't it be lovely on your business card, eh? Can you just buy them? There must be some dodge. You probably yeah, get an NFT. You probably can. Just, 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 just put it there and yeah. say it stands for massive, big... Alan. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. And set up the massive big Alan Society yeah. and then like have Alan Partridge join. Yeah. Anyway, working hours. Bullshit. Flexibility is a good thing. Microdosing. Of drugs? Yes. Oh, I don't know. I've never... I'm very boring. Um, I think it's just too rock and roll, business. this question, but people yeah. do it at Harvard. Well, I, I understand that they do. Very successful people do it. I, uh, I don't. I, 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 like, I like Haribo. Can one microdose Haribo? Going viral. This is a that sounds r- disgusting. I mean, that's mostly bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, Does anybody know. care? It's not our strongest question. I think maybe we should readapt the going viral. Think tanks. Our oh, business. I've been on the board of a couple of those. Very valuable. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They sound like bullshit, though. No, no, because... <laughs> 
The the Thatcher manifesto you can trace back to the Centre for Policy Studies. Blair's manifesto you can you can trace back to IPPR. And Truss's manifesto you can well, trace back to a bin. I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want to influence politics, influence think tanks. Flexible working. Yeah, that's business. Flexibility is a good thing. We're all, you know, we've all got lives to lead. We got to, we got to work on our our stack. It's uh, breakfast meetings. Uh, bullshit. I don't like mornings. I hate bre- I resent them. I'm sat there furious. Yeah, me too. Especially if you have to have eggs or something really annoying. It's yeah, like it's all really fatty in the morning. Oh, and you're trying and to eat, you, and then eggs are going everywhere. You drop half of it down your front, and it's no, really humiliating. Um, team outings. Uh, a business because I just I love people why not two yeah. people super go bowling hot desking uh, bullshit hate it and asking favours yeah business let's all help each other man we always have to hot desk these days don't we I know I do yeah oh that's it oh that's it very good you got 1,203 points that's uh, one of our lowest scores this wow. millennium um, oh, that's the end of the quick far round so that was this week's episode of BWB Extra and we'll be back with a new episode next Tuesday until then it's goodbye